Are you frustrated because your team doesn't produce quality results fast enough? Stressed out and tired of putting out fires from your team's drama and dysfunction? Welcome to the Drama Free Living Show. This is the show dedicated to helping you and your teams accomplish more with less stress and zero drama. Now, here's your host, Dennis McEntee. Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. I'm Dennis McEntee with my friend Stephen Rowell. And uh, Stephen, I'm so excited about the subject we're going to talk about today. I am too, and I understand that today's wisdom is coming from your travels on the road. So I'm excited to hear about it. It, it was a really exciting visit. And here's sort of to set it up what happened is there was a certain C suite leader of a large company that they were having challenges with uh, their vice president. And they've tried everything, just wasn't, they weren't really making a lot of progress, a lot of headway. And so after working with them, we decided that the best course of action, really the best tool to really get inside and really help this leader get some awareness on her behavior was to actually do a, a 360 tool. And so we, but one of the big fears, Stephen, and I thought this was amazing, is this senior leader told me, he said, Dennis, he said, I'm, I'm really worried, he said, because what if we give her this feedback and she quits? I'm, I'm really afraid of it. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. I thought, and then I asked him, I said, well, what if we give her this feed? What if we don't give her this feedback? What if we choose not to do this? And then she actually stays. And I think, you know, Stephen, as, as leaders, we all have to confront this fear, this fear of missing out, this fear of loss. And what we've realized is that you can't coach what you're afraid of. So, Stephen, today we're going to talk to everybody about what are the three gifts every leader needs to give their team? Because I think there are three gifts, and why don't we just start it off by just giving a gift to everybody right now? What do you think? That sounds great. That's good. Okay, so here's so here's what we're going to do. If you're listening to the podcast, just pull out your cell phone or whatever device, your mobile device, and simply text the word DRAMA-FREE to 444-999. So the word is DRAMA-FREE. And text that to 444-999. And what people are going to receive today is they're going to receive our coaching skills checklist. It's 20 skills that leaders need to be able to coach their team to take them out of the drama. Does that sound like a great gift, Stephen? That sounds great. So that's what we're going to do. So once again, just text Drama Free to 444 and you can receive your free gift because today we're talking about the three gifts that every leader needs to give their team. So let's set it up. We call it the triple A. The triple A is every leader needs to give, first of all, their team awareness. They need to give them alignment. And they need to give them accountability. So the triple A leadership gift that every leader needs to give is awareness, alignment, and accountability. So, Stephen, let's dive into it. Sound good? Sounds very good. I'm intrigued to hear about not only the gift of how you do this as the leader, but also um, I'd love to hear about what happened with this executive team that you ended up working with. You know, I never finished the story. Let's finish it right now. Here's what was so exciting, Stephen, is that they gave her the feedback. They gave this vice president the feedback, and Stephen, her behavior started to change. And here's what was amazing was 
they were able to actually, the senior leader was actually able to have a conversation with this vice president. And she said, I was able to tell her things that I haven't told her in years. Because after doing the work, she was much more open to feedback. And I thought, wow, that was such a powerful time. But what had to happen is, is that they had to use some courage to go through the fear of, oh, my gosh, what if she, you know, walks away or what if she quits or what happens then? And I'm so excited for them because they use courage to go through that fear. And now they've reached a new capability. They've reached a new confidence in the relationship. And here's the great thing. We've already seen results start to improve. Because, Stephen, in our work together as change management experts, we all know that nothing changes until behavior changes. Exactly. So let's, let's kind of dive into the, the AAA gift here. So the first gift is really awareness. And here's the reality, is that if you cannot see it, you can't change it. And, you know, Stephen, can, can a fish see water? It's a funny question, but what do you think? Can a fish see water? I don't think so. I, I don't think it can either. And here's the reality is that the fish can't see water because the fish is in water. And here's what our research has shown after years of working with people is that when you're emotionally connected to the outcome, your focus is always fuzzy. Your clarity becomes cloudy. And that's what happens with team members is they're emotionally invested in the outcomes. And here's Here's the funny reality, Stephen, is that we teach them they have to be emotionally connected, right, because that's where the passion or the juice or where all the emotion comes from. That motion flows out of emotion. So it's great to have that because that's that drive, that's that passion. But I think as leaders, we have to understand that there's also a negative aspect of emotion, and that is is that people's focus becomes fuzzy. They It becomes cloudy. They, they don't see straight. They don't think straight. And, Here's what we've seen with this particular report, Stephen, I'll, I'll never forget as I debriefed this report with this leader, is that we had her doing a self-assessment, and then we had other team members do an assessment on their behavior. And Stephen, guess what you think, guess what the gaps were? Do you think there were any gaps in that? I am curious where, like what arenas or what areas there was a disconnect for sure. Well, what was, what was interesting was there was, probably about 10 different areas where this particular vice president scored herself as a five that she had excellent skill at that area. And a lot of her team members said she was only a one on a scale of one to five, where they saw no skill of that behavior, but their team member, but she saw that she was a five. And so that was, first of all, just an eye-opening aspect. And, you know, Stephen, it was simple things like, you know, is she open to feedback? Was this particular lady open to feedback? She thought she was super open. The rest of the team thought, no, when we give you feedback, you get angry, you get upset, you how, you know, whatever these behaviors are. Uh, she thought she was very affirming. The team didn't feel affirmed at all. And here's what happens, Stephen, as we lead. I think we have to lead according to how bra- people's brains work. And people's brains work best when they come to a safe place. But when they feel fear, they're going to cover up, they're going to hide things. But when there's a safe place, then people are going to be open. They're going to be transparent. And she was actually creating an unsafe arena for her team. And here's what happened. Results slowed down. 
They weren't as effective as they could be. Um, they weren't hitting their goals like they should have been. And a lot of it was because she wasn't an affirming leader. But here's the great news, Stephen. Once she saw it, guess what? Did she explode and get angry, or did she accept it? The great news is was that she accepted it. She accepted it, and she owned it. I think on a previous podcast, we talked about the SOS method yep. of feedback is that, you know, people have to see it yep. and then own it, and then they'll eventually follow it. So I'm real excited for this leader. So the first gift is awareness. And what we have to do when we're working with people is paint the behavior to them and begin to solicit their own data. Because we've realized that people don't argue with their own data. So, Stephen, let's give everybody a quick framework uh, of how they could do that. Sounds good. And so, yep, so here's, here's a great question, is when you see behavior maybe that you're not real happy with, that you're not real satisfied with, then sit down with that person and ask them, hey, let me ask you a question. When blank, when blank behavior, when, say, when you show up late every day, how do you think you come across to other people? Or... When you bully other team members, how do you think you show up? Some kind of framework where you paint the behavior and ask them how they show up, how they think they are perceived. Because what we're trying to do with that framework is that we're trying to get them to step outside of their behavior so that they can change it. Because, Stephen, if you just tell them, they're going to argue with you. People don't argue with their own data. But if you can solicit their feedback, you're going to create faster buy-in. So I think these three gifts, people have to continue to give their team all of the time. So awareness is one, and then alignment. And Stephen, one thing that we do with our consulting clients is we help them come up with behavioral standards. What is, what is the aligning behavior? Because here's what our research has shown, is that you not only believe your way into new way of behavior, but you can actually behave your way into a new belief. Okay, so, say that. Wow. Okay, say that again. So it's not only changing your belief so that it changes behavior. Mm-hmm. You don't just believe your way into a new way of behavior, but you can also behave your way into a new belief. And here's the principle, is that once if you can create a behavior, say a behavior of caring, maybe, let's just be honest, there are some places and some people that at times you just don't care for. I just don't care for. Stephen, mm-hmm. is that true if we're just be honest with ourselves, right? Sure, sure. Sure. It just, it's a reality. And so what we, what we learn and what we teach our clients is, is how do you put on a behavior of belief? You do the behavior and the belief will follow. So you not only believe your way into a new way of behavior, but you actually behave your way into a new belief. Stephen, maybe the best example mm-hmm. is probably about six or seven years ago, when I first started running, I hated running. Stephen, I hated it, mm. but I just knew I had to do it. It was an exercise that I could do while I was on the road, mm-hmm. and I needed to be a more healthy person, but I hated running. But, Stephen, you know what I did? I just did it. And I, every day I just committed, I'm going to run, and I'm going to run every day. And so I've been doing that for probably seven or eight years now. 
And Stephen, there's an amazing thing that happened. It happened just a couple weeks ago. Hmm. I flew into Washington Reagan there to to work with a client to do a workshop. Yep. And Stephen, you've been there, Washington Reagan, where you're driving along the Potomac on the GW. Sure, sure. And what is awesome, like in the summertime, is there is a trail that runs along the Potomac, and there were groups of runners running on the trail. And Stephen, as I'm driving, I look at those runners. You know, the thought hit me. The thought hit me. Oh my gosh, I wish I had time to run today. I wish I would have flown in early and got a run in. And then Stephen, it hit me. I would have never believed that five or six years ago. That's fascinating. And I would have drove along the GW. And I would have looked at those people running, and I would have said, what a bunch of idiots just running. Those guys are crazy. Why'd you ever want to do something like that? Right. But what happened is, is I actually behaved my way into a new belief structure. And that's what you can do as you create behavioral standards. So You create these behavioral standards as a group, and you say, these are the behaviors that we're going to measure to. These are the behaviors we're going to exhibit. And then as a leader, we keep showcasing the behavior back to people. We keep showcasing what the behavior is and then where the behavioral gaps are and helping people shorten those gaps. Okay, so behavior standards, that's totally different than mission statement and vision statement and the company values and all of that, right? Absolutely, because nothing changes until behavior changes. And so it's totally different. See, the values are the beliefs, mm-hmm. maybe say the common beliefs that we all hold, which there's a purpose for that. There's, but, Stephen, to get down to the nitty-gritty, we have to create what are the behaviors. Because, Stephen, it's impossible for me to sit there and tell you, you have to believe this way. Right? Right. right That's right. crazy. But what you can do is you can tell me and communicate with me and create buy-in so that we create these behavioral standards. And even sometimes where I don't feel like I care, there are some days that I don't care. I wake up, I'm not having a great day, but I know the behaviors of caring and I just step into those behaviors. So as an example um, that I've seen in hospitals, if I'm tracking you is the behavior standard is elevator etiquette and it's, around the idea of respect. And so the elevator etiquette standard is um, people that work at the hospital, if the elevator opens and a patient or a family member standing next to them as well waiting for the elevator, and if there's a patient already on the elevator, like in a gurney being taken up to another floor, then the employees stay off of the elevator. They let the family and the patients get on the elevator because patients go first. So it's kind of like a patient's first value and it's around the value of respect, but the behavior is elevator etiquette. When patients are on an elevator, you don't jump onto that elevator. You let the elevator pass and you wait for the next elevator. Bingo. That's it, Stephen. Because Stephen, I cannot measure you respecting people. How do I measure that? I can't measure that, but what I can measure is I can measure a specific behavior, and that's what we're talking about. Now, here's what's interesting. As people continue to behave this way, behave this way, behave this way, they start to change belief, just like with my running. Yep. I just ran, 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 and then five years later, I woke up, and Stephen, what's amazing, every morning when I wake up, I wake up and I go, what am I going to run today? 
and I actually planned my days around my run. So, I would have, so taking would have that idea, had that five years ago, right? Exactly. So taking that, then what you're saying is that the team or the organization, the company, the culture changes as well. Absolutely. And then when the when the culture changes, the results change. Okay, so first you have to raise their awareness. The leader has to help the person raise their awareness. Then once the awareness is there, you're now into this stage of alignment, and the first thing is to look at does the organization have behavioral standards or does the person know what the behavior standards are and do they know how to perform or behave to those standards, right? Absolutely. And then once we've once once as leaders we create that, then we can start to hold people accountable. We can start to create accountability systems for people where we're actually measuring. And accountability is really all about measuring. And it's really all about as t- you know that team members are responsible enough that they're able to give an account. Accountability, able to give an account where it's driven from the bottom up, not necessarily the top down. But if leaders don't provide the gift of awareness, they don't provide the gift of trading alignment, actually showing me what these behaviors are, mm-hmm. then many times, Stephen, it's impossible for me to give back the gift of accountability because I think I'm doing a great job when I'm really not. And really, the behaviors are kind of fuzzy. I know we're supposed to care for people or we're supposed to respect people, but I don't know what that looks like on a behavioral day-to-day basis. And here's what's interesting, Stephen, is that people bring their own culture to work. Maybe the best example is I remember I've been married 27 years. And I remember when I brought my wife to my first family reunion, we were married for a couple of years and I brought her there. And after about an hour, Stephen, she took me to the back room and she said, Dennis, are, are you guys crazy? And I was like, what? See, because Stephen, I come from the kind of family that he who yells the loudest wins the argument. In fact, he who sustains the yelling the, lo- the longest actually wins the argument. And what I realized is I come from loud land my wife comes from quiet land. And, you know, Stephen, I thought that culture was normal because I was in it. Bingo. But it wasn't until I actually got married and I saw my wife's family culture. And, you know, there's good and bad about both. But all of a sudden I realized, wow, there's a different way to behave. And that's what happens in our organizations is that I bring my own culture to your culture and as a leader it's their job to help frame to me what the culture is supposed to look like and Stephen you don't do that without behavioral standards so specific behaviors because what ends up happening is we create these core values which Stephen the belief structures that yes we absolutely need to have but we create these core values but I don't even know how to live them out and what's even worse is I think I'm living them out and I'm actually not. So the way you're talking about this, behavior standards aren't something that that the C-suite from the top down, they just carve them in stone and pass them down through the organization. I would, My hunch is what you're saying is just like you and your wife came together and then said, okay, so those are the two cultures we come from. So now what culture do we want in our own family? What you're saying is I would bet that the best behavior standards come when organizations – 
yes, led by the people at the top, the senior leaders, but what they do is they get the staff, the frontline people, to contribute to what should the standards be. Would that be a good hunch? Stephen, bingo, totally got it. It really becomes this social contract. Because here's what happens is this culture is made up of sort of three questions that have to be answered. Is, as a leader, what do I need for my team? And then as a team member, what do I need for my leader? And then the third question is, when we do, when we do disagree, how do we resolve conflict? How do we handle conflict? And culture is this continual needs negotiation question that happens. Mm-hmm. And what behavioral standards do is it makes it very clear. And then when people have clarity, they have certainty. They have a lot more security. And then they're able to take more risks. They're able to think for themselves at a higher level. They're able to make decisions at a higher level because they have the clarity. They know that if I behave in a certain way, I'm always going to have a place in this organization. Thanks for listening today. Hopefully you'll take action on One Power Strategy immediately. Our passion is to help people just like you. We believe you can create a high-trust, high-performance team that produces better results faster. And you can do it without working harder in less time. For more fast action techniques and strategies, go now to www.dramafreeresults.com.